0: Welcome to F is for Film. The filmmaker is Romel Villa and the film is Sweet Potatoes. I have to say I was bragging to Romel before we started about what an extraordinary achievement this film is and how much it's achieved really in half an hour. I'm looking forward to unpacking the film with Romel in detail, but you know, it's always good to start with the history. Romel, how did you become a filmmaker?
1: Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me here. Such an honor. Well, I... It's hard to pinpoint exactly, you know, like where I started to have this passion for filmmaking. I remember that when I was a kid, my parents, we didn't have enough money, you know, for to, to get a nanny or daycare and things. So my parents would just uh, lock me and my sister in the house, hoping that nothing bad would happen for a few hours, you know, because they had to both work and everything. And I remember, like, making up stories about, I don't know, like us having superpowers and, like, flying around like dinosaurs and llamas, uh, which are both a (laughs) big deal back in Bolivia. And, you know, like fighting poverty and corruption. So, like, I know that, like, somewhere, you know, in my subconscious, there was this passion for imagination, for storytelling, and, you know, like for, I don't know, like taking, I guess, stories that could be considered sad and make them fun, you know, like, or, or make them enjoyable or find, like, the the good in like, in the great, in in whatever is great. So I grew up doing writing and directing theater at church. I worked at church for like five, six years. And I think that's where kind of like it became a more of a sign that like, I, I really enjoyed like telling stories, writing stories. We went to festivals, just, you know, like it started as a, something fun to do, but then, you know, after winning a few awards, then I was like, wow, it's kind of like
0: becoming more... The world was telling you something. The
1: world is telling me something, yeah. And Bolivia doesn't really, unfortunately, you know, like back then didn't have a lot of opportunities to like pursue filmmaking. So when I went to college, I I started systems engineering. Because I love technology. I love visual effects and editing, you know? And so I, I, I just thought, why not learn more about technology? But after, and after that, I, I, I came to the US and did an MFA in filmmaking, you know? Like,
0: where was that? Yeah, uh,
1: here at USC.
0: You know? Ah, USC, great. So lead us to the Academy Award. Congratulations, by the way. <laughs> Thank you so
1: very much. Uh, where should I begin? I remember that when I arrived to the U.S., it was, well, it it was a cultural shock. It was like, you know, like so many new things. I arrived here five years ago. I was exposed to, you know, so much diversity and everything, but also to, uh, how how do I put it? Well, uh, you know, just to be perfectly honest, you know, some sort of discrimination and like from all kinds of people asking me like, first of all, like, where's Bolivia or like, do you do you have internet in bolivia you know like <laughs> oh so you're from bolivia so we should go hiking together and i'm like what does that mean you know <laughs> and then he got like a little more on the on the offensive side sometimes i remember that my my taxi driver asked me if i had cocaine in my backpack after i told him i was from bolivia you know like at first i i took things as like a joke but then i realized that they were Stereotypes, you know, like big misleading stereotypes about not only, you know, my home country, but about like the Latinx community in general, you know? And, um, I took all of these, I guess, negative comments as a fuel to like learn more myself and remind myself that like these stereotypes are just, there is much more to that, you know? So I went on the internet and I wanted to learn more about, you know, like, my culture latinx culture and i googled you know like historical figures latinx historical figures that you know that have changed the world or revolutionized the world and the list was very long you know so i i read a lot of many amazing stories from like all over the world and one of the ones that resonated the most with me was the story of luis miramontes the mexican scientist who synthesized the main component of the birth control pill
0: i just want to interject really quickly we're in a very particular moment in this country where People are talking about these kinds of issues that you're discussing, you know, racism, ignorance. And this is an example of using something unpleasant to spur you into something great.
1: Absolutely. You know, I think what doesn't kill you make you stronger, right? Yeah. And I could just sit down and, like, cry about it or, like, or take whatever, you know, came to, to me and just, you know, try to prove me and, and the rest that there is more to, to to those comments you know
0: and it's an opportunity to teach
1: there there is so much so much ignorance so much like because you know like back in back back in bolivia i'm not like i don't go out to the streets and just and tell people hey i'm bolivian or like or like my skin color is like this or this dark or whatever you know or like or i speak this way or behave this way like Back home, you're just you, you know, like there are no labels. Of course, there are different kinds of, you know, discrimination and negative things. Like,
0: everyone, human knows. beings will be themselves, won't they?
1: But, you know, but over there, I don't have to worry about like my race mainly, I would say, you know, like, but, but when I came here, it was kind of like, oh, you're the Latino one, or you are the queer one, because some gay, or you are like the this or that, or like the sassy one with this accent, and then people make fun of the accent, or like, or make, you know, funny but also mean comments about like Bolivia or whatever, or tell me like, oh, so you love tacos. No, tacos are from Mexico, you know? Like, so I think, you know, it's like, I don't know. It's like they, many people or some people, at least that I interacted with would, you know, hear me say Bolivia and they would, uh, you know, like, I guess all their knowledge would take them to either Mexico or like, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. There is this false belief of like all Latin American countries, uh, being like the same or having the same culture there are many similarities yeah but there's uniqueness to each of them
0: my goodness we're essentially talking about two continents worth of space it's a lot of people it's a lot of difference i do remember people like telling me like are you
1: offended by doritos tacos or something like that? and i'm like why oh would i be like i mean you know i, I as someone you know I, so, i'm the wrong person to ask that you know
0: Well, we could do an entire treatise on America's provincial outlook on the world.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, you know. But, you know, I mean, you learn from this. Um, Yes. You learn from this. You learn that eh, knowledge is a bliss, for sure. That, like, there is eh, respect and responsibility towards all these different cultures that are, you know, all over the world. And I think it's important, you know, that if you don't know something, you know, you either don't say anything about it or or do their research, or ask politely, you know, but don't assume, and I think that assuming has been one of the biggest things I've experienced here, you know, that, like, unfortunately, people would do with me, but, again, as I said, you know, like, I I guess I wanted to make a film that showed that you can find, like, uh, someone who is humble, from, like, very humble upbringings, that is Latino, and who has made, like, a significant historical revolutionary you know like thing for the world you know and i think that's why like the story was so important
0: montez is not somebody i'd ever heard of and i was fascinated by not only his sort of humbleness but the brilliance that was happening at the same time and you have the sub theme of religion and science almost being part of the same thing in a way that i mean for me science is not at odds with the idea of god it's quite the opposite in my way of thinking
1: And I I 100% agree with you, you know, and as I was saying, like, when I, like, back in Bolivia, I worked at church, um, I was raised a Catholic, I am a Catholic, and uh, it was, like, great to merge, in a way, engineering with going to church, you know, like, science and church, you know, like, I. it was hard for me to understand why, like, there was so much, like, I guess fighting or arguing like science versus religion or like it has, it's either one or the other, you know, like there can be both, you know, like it's there's no black and white here. And I and that's another thing that connected me so much to this this story of Luis Miramontes because he was a scientist, a brilliant one, but he also shared this important faith with his family that came from his own family, you know, like where they would pray before eating, where they would go to church, where getting the, their, their kids baptized was such a big deal and his best friend was a priest you know so uh, to him he was trying to do the best to like incorporate both worlds into one you know but of course that's that doesn't happen with everybody unfortunately and like we find out in the story that you know like unfortunately that there are sometimes hard decisions to make for a greater good.
0: So there's no spoiler alert here, because we learned very early that he's searching for the ability to create birth control pills. Yes. And this is what sets him at odds with everyone else in the film. Uh, yeah. It,
1: you know, I remember that the very first draft that I wrote, it was more like traditionally written, like as the whole story was about him trying to like synthesize the, the birth control pill. And he does it at the end, you know? Mm. But but I wasn't very happy with it. You know, I was like, yeah, there is a story there. But I don't know, like, the more I talked to the family, the real fa his real family, his son Octavio, the more I realized how, like, what was more, I, I guess, engaging and interesting to me was what happened afterwards, you know, and, like, all these events that were caused because of this discovery or invention of his, you know? So it, it was important for Luis to, like, synthesize this not only for like you know to change the world or like you know or or, like to to help with overpopulation yeah that was a big reason but he had his own like personal and family reasons for doing so
0: speaking of that you explored issues in family in marriage friendship religion and class yes all very effectively (laughs) thank you
1: it was it was a challenge and i i wanted to be as respectful and as genuine as possible i think like when it comes to science i had like science advisors and mentors you know like i wanted to make sure that the science was accurate and when it comes to like the relationships i i wanted to make sure that i didn't fall into like stereotypes that's that myself i have experienced you know since i got here like to me it was important to show the humanity behind each of these characters you know like that that Luis is there, that he has his br- brilliant mind, but also he has his faults, you know. And then that he has a wife that is not the typical, you know, like just wife that doesn't have an opinion, like from especially from stories back then, you know, where which is so unfair to portray that way, in, in my opinion, you know. Like there is much more to that, uh, and she, she was. I wanted her to be like a very strong character who not only loves her kids but also stands for what she believes, you know, and like that is not intimidated by being with this, you know, like quote unquote brilliant mind, you know, so there was like a um a, a contrast between like the two of them and that the kids were not just, you know, like there in the background, but that they also brought some personality into the
0: They really did. They had a great
1: presence. <laughs> yeah. It was it was fun working with them. The baby I would say was a little challenging because well. she she kept like Crying whenever we would call action, and she would just shut up whenever we would call a cat. Uh-huh.
0: So. <laughs> Diva in training. I know,
1: I know. <laughs> yeah. So this
0: is a period piece we're talking about practically 70 years ago. Yes. Really achieved that period look and feeling through the camera work, set locations, some very specific items that were in certain places. The radio for me, for example, really worked on several levels.
1: Yeah. I was very, very excited. I remember that I was just reading, you know, specifically like doing research about like 1950s, the life, the style, the way of living, you know, like everything. And and I remember reading that specifically radio was like a big thing, you know, like everybody would have radio everywhere in labs, in schools, at home, like everywhere when eating, you would listen to music in the background. Like it was a way of communication, of hearing the news but also of entertainment, you know, and, and everything. So it was like, um, when, when when reading about that, I was like, we need to incorporate this in the film, you know, and not only as a aesthetic, you know, like choice, but also like as a story device, you know. And
0: the radio almost becomes a character. It definitely does,
1: you know, it definitely does. And it, it becomes part of the conflict itself. So I'm very happy that we were able to
0: pull that off. It worked very well. Now, look, how did you achieve that period feeling? What were your camera choices and shot choices here? Oh, I think,
1: you know, I remember talking to Luke, Luke Sargent, the director of photography, and just showing him, like, 1950 Mexican movies that, like, I guess showed, it's almost like, you know, placing, placing the camera eh, on the scene and then let it breathe. You know, like whenever there is camera movement, it's very slow. I wanted to like follow like a very slow kind of camera movement, but that but that doesn't feel technical. But instead, it feels like present. You know, so if we could put it into words, it, it was kind of like a elegant handheld approach that we that we followed. You know, like where the framing, at least for the wider shots, was almost like a portrait, you know paintings. You know, and then going to coverage with like very of depth of field, like to really focus on like the beauty of the faces and everything. And then I like, making sure that the that the lighting is all lighting, I, I was like, it has to be natural, you know, like or have that feel of like natural light, you know, like in contrast the 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 the, the fluorescent lights in the lab with the with the orange light when, when they are at home in the countryside, you know like and when they are at church the then the shadows are much more contrast here and deeper you know like just to separate the locations we divided you know like the house was like a thing within itself the church was another character and then the lab was like another like a style to have you know so like we use we use colors like the lab has specific color palette the church has specific color palette and the house has a completely different color palette you know just to divide those three and and through camera movement a lot of movement you know like we use a lot of dollies throughout the film i don't think i've used that much dollies right, in, in in any of the projects i worked before because it was important you know like i i wanted to incorporate not only you know like the characters but also the world around them like to show the background to show the farm to show the chickens to, when we are in the lab to show the entire lab and like how like through these montages. The, the beauty of organic science, or, or uh, organic biology, we used vintage lenses because we wanted to achieve this almost like film-like quality, you know, and, and I think that we, uh, it, 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 looked, it ended up looking really beautiful.
0: You absolutely capture the moment and feel. What was your location?
1: It was in Durango, Mexico. Yeah, uh we shot on location basically. One of the challenges was that, you know, to decide whether to film somewhere here in the US or to like go to Mexico. I I remember after even getting the financing for the film that I wanted to shoot in Mexico, I think to me it was important to capture that essence of like the the feel of the the city, the locations, the even for the for the for the actors and for the crew to familiarize themselves with The life over there, you know, like I wanted to have the full experience of like filming there with both, you know, like an an American and Mexican crew and with native Mexican actors, you know, like all the actors are from Mexico, like Mexico City. Many of others are from Durango. So like we shot everything, everything on location, which I'm very happy about.
0: Yes, that was my question. I want to know how challenging it was to get the actors. What was your exact (laughs) casting process like?
1: That's a great question. The casting process was very long, actually longer than, I guess, usual, I would say, because at first, because to me it's so important to, like, work with the actors, like, one-on-one, and to rehearse with them and talk about the story and get to know them and everything and answer any questions that they would have, that I was in my mind thinking about, like, maybe we can try, just to try, you know, to audition some actors here in Los Angeles, you know, like, because there is a variety of them and, like, many great amazing talented mexican and mexican american actors here, and we auditioned them, but I don't know it was it was a little difficult to find the the right ones you know at the same time we we hired a casting director in Mexico City, Elvira Richards, who did you know her part on like working through like her network and looking for actors over there, and then she recorded the first audition with them, and then after I watched those auditions you know like we decided to just move forward with sticking with, you know, like, Mexican actors. Oh, sorry, like, actors that were in Mexico, uh, specifically in Mexico City. And, like, you know, we went through uh, a few series of callbacks where I talked to them, like, through video calls and like uh, emails and even whatsapp people use whatsapp a lot and we were talking about the characters uh, a lot and everything and and the chemistry between them was very important to me there were three things that i wanted to like evaluate the first one was the relationship between the main like the the couple luis and lilia like i you know to me it was important to see that i would believe that they were a couple a married couple you know the second one the friendship between. Luis and Alfonso like the scientist and the priest you know because they would have like in a way opposite opinions but it's important to also have that chemistry that friendship you know to believe that they have been friends for a very very long time and the last one was the the overall chemistry among these three characters you know who are so important in the film just having them sit around the table and just like uh, either improv or something like a scene of, of the three of them having dinner or lunch you know. So it, that really helped like, narrow it down to the actors that we ended up with, who I'm very, very happy and blessed to have yes. working.
0: So you told me the film was a little bit longer before. Yes. Why did you choose to get it to this length?
1: <laughs> well, the script itself was, the production script was 26 pages. And then after we shot it, and then uh, working with one of my editors and watching the first cut, the rough cut, it was 59 minutes long, you know, and I was like, "Wow!" I thought it would be maybe 35, maybe no more than.
0: 45. It can double sometimes.
1: I know, I, and you know, and I, I'm realizing that that happens to me because, like, my pro- my project before that was double the time that it ended up being at the end, you know. So I think, I mean, I love having the scenes breathe uh, for the actors to take their time, and and even like at the end of the scene to improv a little bit more, you know, and to add scenes in the film that might not necessarily end up at the end, but it's 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 safe to film them so that if we need them in editorial, we will use them, you know, so, we, so that to give us enough options. So when you watch the first cut, you're watching everything, you know, but then you're realizing that there are a lot of repetitive moments, you know, that there are things that can be shortened and, and that would make the whole story stronger, you know. So I think because... One of my fears because of filming in Mexico was that not the idea of not being able to do pickups, you know, and because of that, or I mean, we could, but you know, money, where can we find that? <laughs> and, and then gathering everybody and their abilities, it would be like very difficult, you know? So I was like with my producers, we planned it so that we would film everything that we needed, you know? And, in, and if we had time to film more, you know, like just to be safe, you know? So I think that um, with that approach, we ended up having, you know, like, much more than what we needed but in, in in the same route a lot of good stuff to work with and you know with every iteration and like showing it to to, to friends faculty mentor and like people in general it it, it ended up in the half an hour that it is right now
0: which is yeah. still
1: considerably a little bit long for a short you know but but i'm I'm happy with it i don't think it
0: should be an issue. it's on the borderline of the definition <laughs> you know. it's so well observed that uh it's Got the detail of a full length feature yeah incredibly incredibly well observed yeah
1: it was it was a little bit of a challenge to find that balance you know between enough family dynamics, especially between you know husband and wife and learning about the relationship and like who who does what or what roles they play in their family and the relationship, but also like make sure that we have the, the the priest involved, you know, and that we establish their relationship and that the the differentiation between like uh, science and religion, what each of them believe and like the conflict is is there without forgetting that there is this family that needs to be taken care of, that the main character is supposed to be responsible for, you know, but at the same time, we need to have enough time to introduce the, the, the people uh, in the lab and the scientists, you know, like the basically Luis Miramonte's bosses, and to make sure that, they, that it's understood that, they, that there is a hierarchy there, because I wanted to make sure that we know the, the difference between social status and everything, you know? And so it was about, the whole theme was about finding the right balance within all the themes that I wanted to incorporate.
0: Speaking of challenges, yeah. how was your process to find financing?
1: Oh, <laughs> well, you know, I wrote the story pretty much like right after I, I I got I came to the US. Like so, I wrote it maybe four years ago, and I I kept applying to you know different scholarships and like grants, and I I, I even tried to make to try to make like a very short version of it at USC. But uh, I don't know. It was like, you, I think you know when the, when the right opportunity comes, you know, and I didn't want to mess it up in a way or like get too ahead of myself without being patient and just shoot it, you know, like with, with what I had. And I'm glad I waited. So like two years ago, I applied for the, this grant that this loan foundation gives every year to like USC productions.
0: This grant is specifically dedicated to science-based projects. Exactly.
1: Projects. And, and you know, the, the beauty of it is that the Sloan Foundation, they support, like, science-based projects, but they want the filmmakers to focus on the humanity behind the scientists and not necessarily the science itself, if that makes sense. Like, one of the themes would definitely be, you know, the science behind it, but not necessarily the main one because, like, they wanted – it not to be like a documentary about, let's say, the bird control pill, you know, but instead of, like getting to know these characters and the humanity behind um, each of them. So, uh, I, you know, I worked on a pitch packet and the script and submitted it. And then thankfully I got the grant, which funded pretty much 90 percent. of. The film.
0: Oh, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> it was a blessing. Now, editing is usually a one-person job, but you have three editors listed. <laughs> Can you explain that to us? Wow.
1: Okay, this is a tricky
0: <laughs> one. So,
1: as I said, like I studied systems engineering uh, back in Bolivia, and like I, I think I was first introduced to editing in terms of like filmmaking. Filmmaking. I did theater, you know, but when it comes to the craft of filmmaking. Editing was like my my first hands-on experience that I had, like editing commercials and music videos, but then just narrative stories. So I was very familiar and comfortable with with that part of filmmaking in general, you know? So when I came here, I did and still do a lot of editing work, you know, and learned a lot about directing and writing through editing. So with Sweet Potatoes, originally I didn't want to edit any of it, you know? I just wanted to like detach myself. I was already the director and writer and... And I had, like, one of my editors, Ashley, working on it. And and Ashley is incredibly amazing, the most patient, creative editor that you can find. And because of that, she was, back then when we were editing it, she had this schedule that, you know, where she was trying to juggle around a lot of projects, you know, at the same time because everybody wanted to work with her, you know, rightfully so. She's incredibly talented. But because we had a deadline to finish the film, you know, it was more of a scheduling problem that, you know, like we had, we were taking classes at the same time. So it, it just came to a time when what was best for the film was to, you know, find one more editor to continue working on the story. And since I was already so close to it, I was like, well, I, I might as well jump in and like continue doing the work. Like there, there were many montages that needed to be edited and the story was, as I said, you know, like an hour long at first. So there was a lot of restructuring and trying things here and there and staying like overnight or past midnight, trying different things. So it was more like a scheduling thing that, you know, that made us have to like eventually end up with three editors.
0: But the process was great. Yeah, but the process was great.
1: I mean, the, yeah, the, the, the other editor Sebastian was really amazing and he brought, you know, like an, a fresh pair of eyes to the, to the edit, you know, which, which only made things better.
0: You know, with a subject like this, I wondered if you had any personal fallout with your family or anybody else that you knew that reacted badly to the subject matter. Oh. Or positively for that matter.
1: Well, with my family specifically or with... Or with
0: anyone in your life. Okay.
1: So, well, in terms of the positive, I think there was a lot of surprise, I would say, from, from a lot of people. I, I guess, which I guess is good and bad at the same time, because I, I had even close friends tell me like, "Wow, I watched it and I loved it and it's really good." And like, no offense, but I was surprised,
0: that, you know. And I'm like, at the achievement or the subject, which was the surprise.
1: I think at the achievement, you know, I like, in a way, I was like, "What do you?" And I never remember asking, you know, like, I mean, thanks, I appreciate that you, you know, your kind words, but what do you mean? But I'm surprised, you know. And and it was, you know, like, I think, again, going back to the stereotypes of, like, I didn't know you could pull off, something like this, you know? And by, by you, I mean, like, my entire team and the actors and everybody worked in this film, you know? So <laughs> to hear that from, you know, close friends, it's kind of like, it's like a pat on the back because you're getting a compliment, but also a little bit of a kick, you know? Because it's like, mm, let me remind you that, like, I didn't have high hopes on you. So uh, I think, you know, like from friends, I <laughs> got that kind of surprise. And from, I think, my family back home, it was more like, again, surprise, but in a way of like, you know, I didn't know this was achievable while while almost, you know, recently graduating from school, you know, like to be able to like go to Mexico and work on this and like for, for me to be able to, you know, just, just or just to decide to like, yeah, I'm just going to go to Mexico. I've never been there, but I might as <laughs> mm-hmm. well go, you know, like. And like jump and like and, and do whatever it takes, you know. So I think it was that tenacity of you know my team and I that like surprised my family. My mom was very worried. Why? You why? call me every every day that you're in Mexico, you know. Like that's lovely. When they see the final product, you know, everything comes together, and there is this nice surprise, you know, because they can see and appreciate how much it was worth it. Now to the second part of the of the question, I did get you know a few. Critics, when it comes to the 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 topic of like birth control and like and they use or like in uh, showing many male characters in in a film about birth control, you know. Again, I think that's rightfully so to like to see from that approach. But uh, I think people need to remember that this is based on true events and this is based on like real life and. That doesn't, make it right, that doesn't make history right or wrong, you know, but like, this is also like a homage to Luis Miramontes and like his life in and, and doing research and learning about everything. I did see, I'd seen on you know, pictures, you know, that unfortunately, you know, back then, especially when it came to the labs, there was not a lot of like female participation, for example, you know, like.
0: Going back, I mean, as we said, we're going back almost 70 years ago and that's unfortunately the way life was back then. Exactly. It's a tricky thing, when you portray history, you portray things that most of us are not necessarily going to be happy with. You know, when you talk about (laughs) slavery, exploitation, gender issues, destruction of indigenous people, all these things still are facts.
1: Exactly. You know, and like, in in fact, facts don't make things right or wrong. I think they, you know, they, they provoke an emotion to the audience, you know, and like, And like, I I don't necessarily see those comments I got as negative, but instead of like uh, the emotional reaction that I got from it, you know, and I think it's fair to feel that it is, we can say unfair that how things were back then, rightfully so, I 100% agree, you know, but when when it comes to filmmaking, we are... uh, when it comes to historical films, especially, you know, we want to make sure that we respect um, and portray the way things were so that the emotional response is as genuine as possible, and I think that we achieved that, you know? And, like, I'm happy to say that, like, Lilia, the wife, was one of the most beloved characters in, in, from the whole film, you know? Like, because of her personality stands out and her reactions are so genuine and she represents that amazing feminism in, in, in that time where that was, in a way, punished, you know?
0: Yes, and her moment in the church is extraordinary. Yeah, yeah, because at, at the end of the
1: day, honestly, she has the last the last word in a way, you know, like she's she's the one that makes that final decision. And I think that's that just speaks to how equal her mindset was, you know, even at these times seventy years ago. And there is a lot to respect because of that.
0: Well I mean without giving that away, she definitely stands up against male tyranny in that moment and makes the decision to take the power and direct access to God into her own hands.
1: Yeah, absolutely and she and she does it amazingly and I think people applaud her and, like, her tenacity because of it. So that's, I'm I'm very happy that people were able to get that.
0: She was a wonderful actor. You know, going back to the comments you got from your friends, I feel like it says more about them than it does about you. (laughs) Well, I hope so.
1: You know, I mean, I think it it is, I don't want to say, you know, that, like, that people should expect, you know, like me or us or my team to make, like, these amazing movies all the time. But I think it's it's also fair to maybe think without thinking. It's basically, you know, Think before, before be, think about what you're gonna say before you actually yeah, say it. You know, words can are, be powerful here.
0: They're very powerful.
1: And, and I know, like, and I guess on their defense, I can say that this is in a way considered a uh, student production, you know, because you the the production company was USC. And then you know when you hear student productions, sometimes you you know you like again stereotypes come to your mind, like things, and then you're like, oh, this is a student project, you know, and then. I don't know where people's minds could go, you know, but but it's fair to say that we go to film school to learn, you know, and sometimes things don't end up being the best thing that you want, you know. So I like to believe that maybe that's where they were going. And if not, I hope there's a lesson to learn for them. For them yes. You
0: know? Yeah. Yes. And of course, their expectations will be different now. Well, <laughs> they better. They better. Now there's going to be pressure. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I'll, I'll make sure I meet those expectations and beyond. Very good. And so... What was it like winning the Student Academy Award? I mean...
1: Oh, I think it was like the, the greatest news, the greatest achievement that I've had so far as a, you know, like recent graduate, the filmmaker. And it's it's very honoring. It's very exciting. Most of all, it's humbling, you know? And I I got the news from Spike Lee and I the one and only the, the one and only and of course this was all a setup I had no idea I was going to meet him you know I was just like you know like talking thinking that it was a regular interview and they interrupted me and then he showed up on the screen and I completely froze you know and then he gave me the news and I was just like blank like I'm like
0: well that's wonderful
1: what is this is this an animation like is the real real him you know like with his amazing New York hat I remember and it's I think it was, you know, I, I think it's important to say that this is uh, this is not only, you know, like a product to be proud for like uh, USC or, or it, I mean, it is, you know, and it is for the Sloan Foundation also and, and for my team and, and the cast and crew. But I think especially is like the fact to think that this is a project about these Mexican scientists. It's, you know, something to be proud for like Mexico in general and the country, you know, and like the the amazing, like, work that United States and Mexico production can do. And for me, on a personal level, it's a great achievement and pride, not only for me, but also for Bolivia, because there hasn't been, you know, like, a filmmaker who has won, you know, any Academy Awards or, like, any Screen Academy Awards or something like that, for for that matter. So that's why I keep saying and reminding myself that this is humbling, because this this only, like open doors to, like, bigger and greater things, you know? And there is responsibility behind it. So I was beyond excited. I was, like, I think I had ice cream that day. I was, like, I don't care about the (laughs) calories. I'm just going to have all the ice cream that I want. But then it's kind of, like, there, there is that kind of, like, pressure that you were mentioning, like, a little bit earlier, you know? Because then people, agents, managers, and producers, and everything else will reach out and be, like, what's next? What's next? That's what they want to know, you know? What's next? And, And my first... And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm just trying to, like, figure out things. And, like, we are in the middle of a pandemic, so I'm trying to survive, too. Like, so, mm-hmm. but, you know, overall, it, it's, like, the most amazing and humbling thing that, that, that could happen. And the, the Academy has been incredible with, like, all the events and activities that they've been, like, are working on. And the award ceremony is going to be in a few days, you know. So that's going to be very, very exciting. <laughs> Thank you.
0: That's wonderful. Congratulations to you. I'm thrilled that your work has brought honor to the work of Luis Miramontes.
1: <laughs> Thank you so much. Uh, his family, they are extremely proud. They must be. They are very happy with it. They they keep sharing it. They are like, can we see the movie? Like, is, is, can, When is it going to be on YouTube? And I'm like, oh, you have to be patient. I'm sorry. Festival run and everything. But no, they are very happy. And like, again, you know, like, that was my first audience, you know, like to, to have like the the approval and the acceptance of, of, of their family, you know, because I didn't want to be disrespectful to, to their father, to their, you know, like I wanted to be genuine and, and to show like each side of the story in the most accurate and possible way, including, you know, like where the Catholic church would stand. And like, I know as a Catholic, you know, like in studying back home for many years, you know, like what to write or what to say but also i you know i'm not a priest or or like i I don't have a degree in religion you know but i need to make sure that i respect that and when we shot at the church the priest was there present with us Mm -hmm. during the filming you know which was not necessarily planned but he wanted to be there and it's his right it's his church you know yes so but it added oh my gosh so much pressure i was sweating every day just a little (laughs) but you know when, when he heard the dialogue he was like oh, okay, that's good. I understand. You did a good job. You know, like, oh, you, you took these words these from the Bible. It makes sense. And this and that. And he was even supportive or like, the, saying, like, maybe instead of this word, you can use this other word, you know? So in a way, like, there was a lot of, like, mentorship throughout the whole process to make sure that, you know, everything that was said or portrayed was validated, you know? So that's that, that was really amazing.
0: No, that's beautiful. Well, my last question is... Any advice for those who want to follow in your footsteps? <laughs> wow!
1: Go to church. Go to church and pray <laughs> every day and repent <laughs> for all your sins. No, I would say that I would say that it's the filmmaking world and in general, you know, like working on anything that you can be that you can be passionate about. It gets difficult. It gets very tricky. You know, like many times I have doubted myself and or I'm, i'm i tell myself i'm not talented i'm not talented enough i'm not gonna be able to do it whatever i'm writing is not good enough or it's so boring you know and like i've learned that you are not only that you can be your worst enemy you know but you are the the worst person who can judge your own work you know we are completely biased we are so close to our stories to our projects that it's not fair you know to also decide to evaluate the work that we do. It's just not fair, you know, and it doesn't bring anything positive. So I learned that, you know, if you're passionate about something, you you have to try it. If it's filmmaking, you want to write, you want to use your cell phone, you want to use technology to make films and to write and whatever, and then show it to people, try it. And then if you get negative comments, like I did many, you know, like then go back and do it again or work on the next one, you know, like take whatever negative comments or criticism that you get as a fuel to continue working on bigger and better things. Not only, not to prove people that you, that you can be good, but to prove yourself that you are worth it, you know, and that passion exists and that dreams can be achieved.
0: Well, some great words of wisdom, Ramel. I appreciate your time today. Thank you so much. This has been a great conversation.
1: This has been amazing. Thank you. I appreciate you. I look
0: forward to meeting you in person at some point.
1: Me too. Me too. I'll be counting the days. Well,
0: if you move to Silver Lake, we'll talk. Okay. We'll do. <laughs>
1: I'll, I'll be looking for places. There.
0: All right, buddy. Thank you. Thank you.